Psalm 50, starting at verse 22. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart. There be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I didn't need to read the whole thing again. We just shared those words in a way that uh, I hope was meaningful. Uh, We'll come to that here shortly. This service, this sermon comes at a time after I had last Sunday off because of illness. Um, I want to thank John Sager, Jonathan Sager, for helping in my absence and doing a fine job. It was a great message, and uh, I appreciate that whenever something changes suddenly, I've got this great group of people that I can look to or even just ignore entirely, and they'll still take care of everything. So I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, but I started that Sunday two weeks ago feeling a little puny. I was up here uh, with Courtney at our time of prayer, and uh, I guess I better make a confession. I just feel like I want to, because, you know, uh, hadn't been feeling well at that time a couple weeks ago as the day started, and we got up here and prayed, and instead of our usual sort of banter, I just leaned over and said, I don't know, sunshine, I don't have anything in the tank today. Just don't have anything in the tank. I felt like I was just not well. But today, we were carrying our coffee to the altar, and I said, you know, this almost looks like we're going to raise it and put it in front of God as some sort of sacrifice, and it felt wrong. So we laughed a little bit about it. She snorted, and then we prayed. (laughs) So some things are back to normal. I, I went through the morning feeling worse and worse as the day went on, and by the time I got home that afternoon, uh, I, I was even unenthused about the football game I was watching, which is saying something, and, and um, boy, I just, I told Laura, I said, man, I, I don't feel right. Something's just not right. I, I'm, well, in a former life, I was an EMT and a firefighter, and I just, I knew the signs, and I said, honey, I'm, I think I might be having a heart attack. And so we went to the emergency room and they were very responsive and, and uh, very helpful. And, and that's kind of how that whole drama went down. And, and then it turned out actually that what I had was a pretty serious bout with a stomach virus. And I hadn't been sick in ages, you know. I mean, usually when everybody else around me is sick, I'm just sort of flirting with it a little bit. You know, you, you get the flu and I get a runny nose. That's about as bad as it gets, you know. But this one, whew, hit me like a ton of bricks, literally, and, and I just was out. And um, really, you know, it just, uh, there were a variety of circumstances that played into it, a lot of, of stressors in my life. And then there was just the reality that around the same age, many years ago, uh, almost 30 years ago, my father, at about my age, had a heart attack, and it was, came on sort of subtle and, and got worse. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing dad did. And I decided that rather than be as stubborn as he was about the whole thing, I'd just go on and go and be a man about it and see what happens. And thankfully, I got great treatment and found out that there's nothing wrong with my heart. It's fine. Um, It's just that this stomach bug and a variety of other things presented themselves 
in a way that sure felt like a heart attack. And so I spent the night in the hospital, and while I was there not sleeping, I thought about all the things that I was thankful for. Have you ever done that? I was thankful for um, the wit and wisdom to recognize what was going on and not deny it. You know, I was thankful that I had had uh, the sensibility that I did about the thing. I was thankful that uh, our hospital was close and that I was treated effectively and efficiently. I was thankful for my bride. I can't even begin to tell you how many ways I could be thankful for her, but on that day, she was courageous and responsive and my children were outstanding and Gosh, even my dog stepped up her game a little bit, which was kind of amazing. Um, and, you know, I got through the initial phase of being diagnosed and admitted into the hospital, and I was in the hospital room, and I was thankful for the kind nurses and the constant care and observation. I, I want to say I wasn't particularly thankful for the hospital bed. Um, it was terribly uncomfortable. So there was no sleep. And, you know, one thing that definitely took my mind off my chest pain was my back pain. <laughs> I tried to be sweet and pleasant for a person in my condition, and one of the nurses sweetly and pleasantly said to me, well, you know, some things aren't about your comfort. It's about what makes my job easier. This bed we hear all the time is uncomfortable, but it does make our job easier. And I... I thanked her, and as she walked away, I thought, so what you're saying is, is big old oaf like me goes sideways in my health care, and you guys have to figure out how to get me from one place to another, and this bed apparently helps, so I guess I'll even be thankful for that. I have to admit, that was a little bit harder to be thankful for, but at the end of the next day, I was home in my house, and I was thankful for that, and I was already hearing how quickly and carefully and lovingly the staff and leaders of the church were stepping up to, to respond to my little crisis, and I was thankful for that. Now, our theme today, that's all I'm going to share about that, but, but our theme today is Thanksgiving. That was on the slate long before my troubles, and, and uh, it was one of those things the staff had suggested, and I was happy to follow their lead, and, and uh but I thought, you know, no cheesy Thanksgiving holiday type messages, none of that. Let's do uh, what the Bible says about these things. Let's, let's talk about what the Bible says. And what I realized in my own experience is that Thanksgiving for all of us is pretty subjective. I mean, it really is, right? I mean, what are you thankful for today? Just think about it. What are you thankful for? And, and please don't, don't take it personally, because that's not my point. It's just um, critical thinking exercise. What are you thankful for today? You know, uh, I'm thankful that despite this cold rain, I, I don't know about you, but I'd rather it just snow than, than cold rain. I think cold rain just chills you to the bone and there's nothing worse. So, you know, are you thankful that you're in this nice, warm, dry space? Sure. Are you thankful for the love of your family, your spouse, you know, and, and food on your table and a roof over your head? Yeah, me too. We are thankful for those things. But do you realize that the person who lives in a cardboard box is in their own way thankful for the same things? They're thankful for that warm-ish cardboard box. 
And so when you start thinking about what you're thankful for, you can't help but recognize that it's all kind of subjective. Thankful for whatever makes you feel good. That's what most of us are thankful for. And there's no shame in that observation. I'm, I'm thinking that on one level, people who are instinctively thankful for things are better people all around. I, I really do. And so, you know, one thing I know about my work as a pastor is, is that I'd like, I like thinking of myself as I call a spiritual practitioner, the, you know, the, the soul doctor, right? You know, that that's sort of my job, right? And, and so there's a part of your basic soul health that is dependent on being humble and thanks, uh, thankful, right? Like every day we should be thankful. We should start our day counting blessings. Start your day thankful that you slept in a warm bed last night. Start your day thankful that you had a hot breakfast. Thank, thanking God for a job that uh, is meaningful or retirement that you worked hard for and have lived out. And, you know, there's so much to be thankful for every day. So a thankful person is definitely a happier person, a more contented person, a person who has more to contribute than take away from society. So, so on a certain level, that kind of thankfulness is very, very important. But as Christian believers, we're called to a deeper kind of thankfulness. As Christian believers, God says in that passage that we just read that he doesn't need your sacrifices. God says, if I want to eat bulls, I'll just go get one. You know, God says it's not about that. You know, he's, he says in that Psalm that, that you being thankful for the most rudimentary basic things in your life is, is not as pleasing to God as it is to you. So see, it's good for your soul and good for your mind, good for your relationships with others to be thankful. So let's all agree that we're going to be more thankful from here on out. Let's agree that we're going to be thankful. We're going to start our day giving thanks for the most wonderful things in our lives that give us comfort and joy and peace of mind. And, and we will be better people for that. But if we wish to please God, then we ought not to take to God's altar that place now where we worship in prayer and thanksgiving and praise through a sort of spiritual exercise rather than a literal exercise where we put things on the altar and burn them, right? We go before God and God says, please don't thank me for having your favorite breakfast today. God says, I'm glad you're thankful for that, but I don't care. You know, I had a good breakfast today too. So, so this is what the psalmist is saying. It's like, like God is saying, look, when you worship me, don't worship yourself. I mean, can you see how counting your blessings can be a little bit like self-worship? I'll show you what I mean. Let's look at the Lord Jesus's own words as we read from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. So if you want to look that up, it's on page 1042 in your pew Bible. Luke 18, 9 to 14. Jesus told this parable who, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, Jesus said, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, 
God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. We're familiar with that story, but now, as we think about Thanksgiving in the biblical way, we begin to realize that if we're not careful when we're counting our blessings every day in order to make the world better and make our life better, we can be very, very close to sounding just like that Pharisee. We can slip very carefully into, and I mean carefully because, you know, we start off humble, right? We, we thank you, God, for, you know, all my blessings. But then look around at your blessings for a minute. Look around at them. Are they extravagant? Are they extraordinary? What if it turns out that in some way or another, the things you're giving thankful to, uh, to God, you're giving thanks for, are things that, that in some subtle way rob God of glory, in some subtle way take some sort of credit for yourself and your achievement and your attainment. I think God glories in our success. I mean, one of the most uh, beautiful scenes in the Bible is when, when Jesus takes the fishermen out onto the lake and he says, why don't you try throwing your, your nets over on this side? And, and I've seen some various movie and TV versions of this scene and, and I love it when Jesus is just laughing with joy and he's even, you know, almost acting surprised. Like he knew it was gonna happen, but he's so in love with the people that he's seeing blessed that he shares their surprise and joy. I'm reading a book right now by C.S. Lewis called Surprised by Joy. I'm trying to read everything he ever wrote, but this one I'm, I'm working on right now, and, and it's like, you know, basically, the joy that comes from God, from the Holy Spirit, it will surprise you. It will catch you completely off guard. Um, because all of a sudden, you realize as I read in The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, she, she praised her sister who died in the concentration camp that they were both captive in because her sister would give thanks for fleas and lice. And Corey Ten Boom said that was the most absurd thing in the world. And so one day she asked her, she said, why do you give thanks for fleas and lice? And she said, because the guards won't come in here which means when we're in our room here in our, our barracks, we're, we're left alone and we can pray and talk and enjoy each other's company in a way that we wouldn't be able to if they weren't so afraid of contracting whatever's living on us. Now that is the spirit of thanksgiving. That's the heart of thanksgiving. When we recognize that giving thanks to God is an act of humility, it's an act of acknowledging that if not for the grace of God, you would be in the same predicament as people who are far worse off than you. And so, yes, 
He celebrates your success. He's thankful with you and filled with surprising joy with you when he sees you reaping the benefit of his blessing. But at the end of the day, if you give yourself too much credit as you give thanks, then who are you really worshiping? The Pharisee says, I thank God that I'm not like these people. You know, it's surprising to me how often I've encountered that in church. It breaks my heart. It's easy sometimes when you go to church to sort of glance around and maybe you see that person who's with you who seems so different, so outcast in their own particular way. Maybe their hygiene isn't up to your standards. Maybe, maybe the car they arrived in, <laughs> yeah. They didn't fix my grammar machine either, apparently. So I, I, gosh, I've even seen, like I got a text message through the church's texting this week that was really quite an amazing blessing. And, and, and if you read the words with me and then you realized who the people are, it would kind of mess with your head a little bit because sometimes the most heartfelt and genuine Praise and thanksgiving comes from people whose humility is forced upon them because they don't measure up to the community's high standards. They're already humbled because they already know instinctively that a lot of you don't approve of them for reasons that are probably unjust. Have you ever had the privilege, as I have, to see a truly repentant sinner submit before God, even in the context of baptism, which is the most remarkable experience that I've ever had in ministry, when, when an adult comes for baptism and, and is truly like the tax collector beating his breast or her heart just is, is breaking with the honest genuine remorse for having put God in the backseat of our lives and only glancing up in the mirror at him occasionally when we're a little uncomfortable about something in our lives. And so when we're humble in that spirit and we give thanksgiving, we offer thanks to God it so surpasses the size of the sacrifices, the size of the, uh, or the eloquence of the words of thanksgiving. And it, it so surpasses the, the stuff. I want to read from James chapter one now. Please join me if you would. James one. You'll find that on page 1199 in your pew Bible. Just one verse. One verse, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light above. You'll know that you're maturing in your faith journey 
when you recognize a change in your prayers of thanksgiving. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you say in somewhere or another, good morning, Lord, I'm thankful for all that stuff you know I'm thankful for. But today, I am especially thankful for all the good and perfect gifts that only you can give. Because that's unique. And what's really neat is, is that is an equalizing thing. It's, it's the common ground that we all approach God from. So yeah, some of you have nicer homes than others, and some of you are living quite comfortably while others are living less comfortably, and, and we can all give thanks in whatever our circumstances, and that's admirable. We can even give thanks for fleas and lice, but, but at the end of the day, the one thing that we all can thank God for equally are the good and perfect gifts that come from above. Can you guess what they are? I don't have a definitive list. I don't want you to think that I'm about to present you bullet points that you should be writing down. I'm, I'm asking you to think about what good and perfect gifts you get from above. One that we can all agree on is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we could be in an eternal relationship with the Heavenly Father despite the sin. We are all equalized by the fact that no matter what we have, no matter what we say, no matter how we live, no matter how immoral or uh, hypermoral we are, at the end of the day, the only thing that purchases our sanctification, our personal holiness, so that we are beautiful in the eyes of God is Christ. So the one good and perfect gift that we all have in common is God's grace through Jesus Christ. Another gift would be the Holy Spirit. Now, this one's a little harder for us to imagine and figure out, I guess, because, you know, it's like, well, to what extent do I have the Holy Spirit? Let's just stop for a minute and not quantify it. Let's just acknowledge that upon that moment of confession and then profession, that is to say with absolute certainty that you are saved by God's grace and nothing else, then God says, then you're ready to be a new creation, a new eternal being, and it starts right now, and then you're born again in the Holy Spirit. And again, there are variations on that experience in the lives of different people in different traditions, and we're not going to debate that. What we're going to agree on is the scripture makes it clear to us that you are born again in the Holy Spirit, that you're internal mechanism, that, that your, your blood has been transfused from faulty human blood to the perfect spirit of God, that somehow you are made new. Now, to whatever extent that you live into that gifting, again, is a topic for another day, but a good and perfect gift that we can all equally thank God for is the Holy Spirit. What else? What else are good and perfect gifts from above that you can be thankful for? Because these are the things that God delights in hearing you praise. Oh God, thank you for your goodness. Your goodness surpasses anything that any human could ever generate. It's impossible for me, Lord, to quantify your goodness. And so I thank you that in all your goodness, you still find me worthy of salvation. You see, 
praise like that, thanksgiving like that. Now that pleases God. I remember a certain class I was teaching a few years ago where I prayed a little bit like that. And I said something along the lines, Becky, that I wanted God's to hear our prayers as a wonderful aroma in his nostrils, right? You know, I was trying to invoke a little bit of a, of a uh, uh, psalm-like prayer. <laughs> and some people teased me lovingly and good-naturedly. Like, what did you just say? Well, you know, I just wanted my prayer to not stink. That's what I said. I don't know if I actually responded that well. I've had plenty of time to think it over since then. But, but my point is, really, when you give thanks, does it stink? Does God go, <laughs> you know, I don't care about all that kind of stuff. It doesn't even smell that good. Or, as the psalmist says, is your praise and thanksgiving, are your sacrifices sweet aromas for God's enjoyment, for God's nose? to suck up and, oh, that smells good. Don't you know when we go to Thanksgiving feasts in the next few weeks, we're gonna go, oh, that smells good. There's an opportunity to think about how your praise and thanksgiving might smell that good to God. Let us pray. Lord, thank you. All praise and glory is yours. Thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that gives us a word from your very heart and mind. Thank you, Lord, that there are good and perfect gifts being showered upon us every day, whether we acknowledge them or not. Thank you, Lord, for all the little things that we ought to be grateful for, but especially, Lord, we give you thanks that you have saved us by your grace that you glorify yourself through your son and through us because of him by the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are the things that we are so thankful for. We thank you, Lord, that those things are the kinds of things that, that attract the ire of your enemy and bring down upon us persecution because those things they're signs that we might be getting it right. And for that, we truly thank you. Oh God, have mercy on us and receive our heartfelt petitions and praise. In Christ's name, amen. Mm -hmm.